My next guest is the first interview to be released from my podcast tour in L.A. He's a comedian, podcaster, artist, among many other things. He's been seen on the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast, as well as having two of his own podcasts, Rainbow Brain Skull and his podcaster Shane Moss, Mine Under Matter. After the release of this episode, I had the pleasure of being on Rainbow Brain Skull, which will be coming out shortly after this one comes out. Big thanks to The Sync, which is a media outlet and podcast that focuses on everything in the TikTok world. They kindly let us use their studio to record. Introducing Ramin Nazer. Check. One. Sounding good. Oh, this is even better than my microphone. But let me change it so that I'm looking towards you a little bit. Yeah, these are weird. They have... Am I the first guest in this studio? Yeah, this is... um, These guys, there's like eight of them. There's eight TikTokers? Yeah. And this is a content house? They make $60,000 a month. That's nothing. For They're like my... I'm only 20. They're like 19, 20. That's yeah. insane. But now like I've come to expect that as the norm. Like if you're 18 <laughs> year old and you just uh, like do a dance trend or something, or that probably sounds even geriatric millennial <laughs> of me to even say that. But just before it was like, can you believe these YouTubers are playing with slime and they're making millions of dollars oh, and yeah. she's only 12? And that was in 2013. Oh, now shit. Now it's boom, 2021. It's TikTok can make you... A millionaire overnight. You can also get canceled yes. overnight uh, for for you know saying the wrong thing. And uh, that seems like that's like you, Shane's, and Duncan's favorite topic to like make fun of. Oh, uh, to make fun of cancel culture. Yes. <laughs> I guess so. Just because it just comes up so much, and uh, I know it's it sounds virtue signalery, but it's just it's like everyone's opinion on cancel culture is. But now I'm making my opinion on opinion on cancel culture. So yeah, it's boring. While so, we're in a TikTok house. Oh, we are in a TikTok house. And it's it's such a dude's TikTok house. Like you go into the bathroom, there's an Xbox controller I like saw right it. next to the toilet. The floor has mattresses. There's Axe body <laughs> spray and there's a half uh, empty carton of Bud Light. That's insane. Cuz like what what I'm doing is which is it's a, it's cool to be able to use a space like this, but at the same time I'm like what the fuck am I doing wrong? <laughs> like the guests I have on are pretty fucking dope, but I feel like the caliber of guests I have on, it's like more of like a long journey. Yeah. Versus these guys, they're basically, TikTok, in my opinion, is the new Disney channel, realistically, like the cartoon, like Ooh. little kid. I was talking to one of my previous guests like two days ago. Like I've been here for a week. And um, what was he saying? He, was, he, was, he agreed that it was like, this is basically 12-year-olds are the ones that are controlling the culture, even if, even if they don't realize it. Yeah. Which is crazy to think because they don't know what sound. They realistically like a ten year old, five. It's like people have TikTok are like from like honestly like five up, and they're the ones that control the culture. Yeah, and it used to be what teenagers maybe in the eighties, and yeah. then before that it was. I mean, look at the the celebrity culture. If you look at old TV in the fifties, like it's all old people. There's yeah. no teenagers. Like they all are in their thirties, and it's like all. <laughs> old men looking people and then it became like about the teenagers and then became about the the Britney Spears age one and oh. now it's like gone to even yeah you're saying what 12 year olds 13 year olds 5 year olds have it they don't even realize though I don't feel like no it's just it's so like that's why in my opinion when cuz it is kind of, this is, is kind of like a hip hop podcast but I'm I my goal is to like expand out right yeah hence me Here, there we go am I hip hop like on what axis am I hip hop other than like that I've listened to your Dell interview. Let me tell you how you came onto the podcast, yeah. actually. 
First, let's do a quick intro. This is going to be a cool one. Has it started yet? Is this part of the podcast? We can keep this. I feel like it'll be an intro to the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I'm with a very special guest, the one and only, Ramin Nazir. There we go. And so what were we talking about? We were talking about... um, How I found you or how you found me? How I found you. And this was actually leading up to my first question, honestly. So you you opened it for me, really. Good, good. Basically, it flowing. How, what I've been realizing is, even though hip hop is such a big, just like how TikTok's a culture changer, so is hip hop. Everyone wants to be a hip hop artist, or they want some part of the culture, whether it's the clothes, the cars, or whatever, right? And um, so what I'm doing is unique with how much research and the caliber of guests, but at the same time, there's probably thousands if not millions of hip-hop podcasts already mm-hmm. right so the thing i've been realizing is being in seattle there's so much hip-hop artists but people don't think of hip- hip-hop in seattle right they think of kurt cobain or what yes kurt cobain. Chains, yes pearls jam exactly and um i actually never took time to listen to nirvana until like a month ago Interesting. How old are you? 16? <laughs> 20. 20? Okay, still a baby. Yes. I remember when people told me that, and I'm like, 20's not a baby. I'm nah. old. And then later you're like, oh, shit, I was a baby then. And then you remember when you're 10, you say you're not a baby either. And then yeah. look at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 20's good. You're going to have a blast. Thank you. You're going to get to drink in a year or something. Or actually, that stuff's not even that fun. It's kind of stupid. Oh, God, you can become alcoholics yeah. real quick. Yeah. I've been playing this simulator game. It's like Sims, but it's more just like asks you questions and stuff and it keeps a catalog of how you answer and if you answer one question wrong you somehow turn into an alcoholic a few steps <laughs> down i'm like geez that was a fast turn <laughs> do you get to at least play it out as that alcoholic and have that fun ride or it's yes. just your alcoholic so basically um and you don't get to choose the gender actually that's actually kind of crazy. it's a really crazy game it's called bit life bit life and i didn't realize because i am the phone master when it comes to games I play the weirdest games, but like everyone's like, oh shit, what's on your phone, right? And this game I found like two days ago from an ad. And uh, basically the game automatically chooses your gender, but there's even a section in the game where you can change your gender and everything like that. And I've gotten to the point where I'm the governor of Sacramento with an alcohol addiction. (laughs) (laughs) It's really weird. Would have been wild before, but now like we've seen the crackhead Toronto mayor and Arnold's been governor and Jesse Ventura and Trump's been president. Yes. Like, yeah, it's just all on the table now. Who cares? Right. So the reason how you ended up on the podcast was I'm all about evolving. And I feel like a lot of people, especially when it comes to Seattle, there's so many talented artists, but they get stuck in their own way. So you see artists who should be even mainstream that have been making music for like 10 plus years but they're somehow only stuck in seattle Mm -hmm. which is awful if there's no record labels or anyone actually looking for seattle for hip-hop so the beginning of the podcast was to kind of just promote seattle but then i realized if i'm only stuck in seattle i'm i'm like it's just a circle jerk basically so i need to get out of seattle myself and i realized one big thing is like collaborating with podcasts and the podcasts I listen to, honestly, aren't even hip-hop podcasts. What do you listen to? I listen to Duncan. Yeah, man! <laughs> yes, you. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening, man. That's awesome. Wow! So you listen. Oh, shit. That's, that's insane. That's... I'm, I'm sorry, man. I just got to integrate that really quick. <laughs> so you... Okay, sorry. You go ahead. 
You listen, yeah? Oh, there's a Zoom breakup right there. <laughs> That's crazy. That was so good. <laughs> I love Dunk. Wow. I miss him. He used to live here. He used to live in LA. He used to be my neighbor across the street. And oh, then shit. he moved to Asheville, North Carolina, because he's got kids and he doesn't want homeless people stabbing <laughs> them in the middle of the street like some kind of overprotective helicopter parent but that's okay damn i'll see him in uh i don't know june or something there we go so duncan you i like joe rogan but like i feel like i took a break from him because during like um leading up to the election i feel like he was getting too political for me and it was like he was asking the same political questions like every guest and i'm like i don't need to listen to he this. got stuck in the rut too like yes. you're talking about the seattle rut and rogan used to be the refreshing like thing that wasn't mainstream media and yes. it was just a bunch of stoned guys that also like aliens that also like jujitsu that are also comedians it was a very specific hang and it yeah. was fun at the time and you kind of grow out of it or you just end up tuning back in when there's a certain guest and yes. people describe it as oprah for men wow and uh yeah i, I had that experience too because i was a, a listener back in 2009 oh, and then shit. you know you, you still tune in every now and then and then it moved to spotify and now it's like i don't need to hear uh, ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin and fucking Miley Cyrus yeah. somehow and Demi Lovato. He has a, he has some crazy guests, but I don't. Yeah, it's I'm not a Rogan hater or anything though. I really appreciate yeah. Joe, but I get why people are pissed at him. Right, and but I so I've been finding out like majority of my podcasts I've been listening to are like comedians. Like my favorite, it probably goes Duncan, then Flagrant Two with Andrew Schultz. And then the brilliant idiot. The hizzy, or let's see, can I do an angry Schultz? Like, uh, Dope, that's how I feel, <laughs> man. It's uh, it's wrong, but that's how I feel, man. It's like what Patrice would have done. Yes. Why is it wrong? <laughs> Why can't I just call you a cunt? Why can't I just say it? Now it becomes like Aziz Ansari a little bit. Yes, but no, flagrant true is great. Akash is amazing. Ah. Akash is the is the like secret weapon that people don't really know about. I don't think anyone's heard of Akash Singh. How does he get his hair like that? It's like perfectly It's perfect. Like, the shoes and just yes. that. He's got that like. His eyes. The biting <laughs> tone of his voice. He's, he like occupies a certain register and yeah. his, his cadence that. And he's got great singers too. Mm. Alex Media, Mark Gagnon. Those are the, the background guys. Yeah. Like we, we have some overlap there. Keep yes. going. Let's see if we've got complete overlap. He's. The th one thing I give Andrew Schultz, which I think is awesome, he's like one of the only podcasts I've really seen who shouts out and includes everyone in the production. A lot yeah. of people just ignore the fact that there's cameramen or producers or whatever like that, which I, which I think is, I, I really appreciate that. Um, like I said, I like The Brilliant Idiots, which is, of course, Andrew Schultz again. And but, Charlemagne the God. Which is a really good mix. Um, so let, let me understand this. Why, if Biden wants to... To to give reparations, why doesn't he give them out now? If if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Yeah. You remember Joe Biden said that? Yeah, that famous line was to Charlemagne, and Charlemagne is such an interesting guy too. Yes. And what a unique like looking guy! Like he's just meant to be famous. He just has such yes. a unique look. Like that that's that's a famous guy. I know he tried to be a rapper, and then it's like okay, he's not a rapper. He's a he's a Breakfast Club radio personality. Hell yeah. Um. No, I love Charlemagne. Love, love the the Schultz gang. Hell yeah, Duncan, of course. Duncan, like, so so many people love Duncan, but don't like Joe Rogan. But you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have known about Duncan That's if it true. wasn't for Joe. Joe wow. was where I first heard of him. One hundred percent. And Duncan has the craziest outfits when he goes. Do you remember when he came on in a fucking ghillie suit? Uh -huh. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, 
I when when the pandemic was first starting, I felt like all the podcasts were getting too political. So I did. I haven't listened lately, but I did tune into Conan's podcast for a while. That one's good sometimes, or maybe it's good all the time. I've only heard it sometimes. I think his best part is like before he even has the guests. Oh, okay. I don't even remember that. I remember when he was talking to Stephen Colbert, though, and they're talking about magical thinking, and Stephen Colbert's uh, family died in a car accident or something. It might have been a different guest if this is all factually incorrect. I'm sorry. (laughs) So just for entertainment value, but I'm pretty sure it's right. But his whole family was killed in a car, car accident, and he ended up he thought he could wish them back like in a magical thinking thing if he suffered and stored his suffering and used it as like currency, like (laughs) magic mana or something. He has some like long rap, but basically it was surprising to hear him talk like that to Conan when you just kind of see them on late night and you only get to see a a surface level version of them. Understandably so because it's major network TV, but Mm -hmm. there's like, oh shit, these guys are deeper than I I gave them credit for. Of Of course they are. That's like, an, that's like Alex Jones. I feel like he should be talking to Alex Jones there or something. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, Alex Jones, also very entertaining. Oh don't don't take it literally, of course. And I get the whole Sandy Hook thing. Holy Not shit. No boy, no. But, but man, what an entertaining broadcaster. Yes. I really respect talent above what they say. Like, I mean. He does his work. Yeah. A lot of, because re- a lot of podcasts, which I, re- which I think is cool, is, um. I always pride my, I think, which is kind of like egotistical, I feel like, but I always feel like, okay, even if they just somehow my guest did a podcast maybe two weeks ago, uh-huh. I could still be their best interview. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like no one does research on their guests besides just looking at if they have a Wikipedia page or listen to like one or two of their songs. Yeah. Before this um, tour, I took like a two-week break of listening to new music, new podcasts. I literally just zoned in on every guest I was going to have for the week shit like that like I'm very like dedicated to my guests and like personalizing them and I feel like if you're just asking your guest oh so what inspired you to become a rapper (laughs) what's your favorite song who influences you oh actually what's your favorite color oh yeah or you ever hear like could you talk about that a little so you started in hip-hop and now you do some R&B can you talk about that a little like just just I don't even ask a question, but I noticed on your <laughs> Dell interview like you had I was impressed with the knowledge you had of him. Yes, especially being 20 years old. I'm like, not only have you heard of Dell, but you already know Dell Tron and Dell the Funky Homo Sapien hieroglyphics and you're referencing Dr. Octagon and yes. and all this other stuff like, oh, man, he did his research or he genuinely likes it or both. Both. I feel yeah. like I was late to the Dell bus, honestly, also. But I feel like he was actually some he's like one of those artists where people are like, oh, you know who he is. And you're like, oh, I actually do know him after listening to th- these songs. Yeah. Like, there's songs that I don't even realize I've listened to until, like, I hear the chorus. Mm. It's just baked into the back of my mind. Yeah, like, how much how much music we've listened to now at this point, where before there was just, like, what, a Frank Sinatra CD and a Beatles CD and a Coltrane, or not even CD, just records. But yeah. there was, like, a, a consumable amount of records. And now through TikTok and YouTube and everything, like the fragments of songs and commercials that mm. we just get blasted into our Propaganda. ears. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool, though, that you can, have, even now, you can buy for a higher streaming service where there's no commercials. Yeah. It's, the, it, we have access to more, but that also means more distraction. So now it's yeah. our responsibility to to tune in. 
Yeah. Like you get all the music, but are you going to jump around? Are you going to actually give your focus to something? Are you going to scroll and listen to half of one song and skip it and then just never... But I don't know. There's some value in that, too. Like, I really can't give advice as to what the best way to consume shit is. Like, the kids are going to have a better uh, thumb on it, finger on the pulse. Yeah. I think Fridays are my days when I consume new stuff. Because that's when all the best stuff comes out, whether it's movies, music. I don't know. I'm honestly not good at reading books. I used to love reading books until it got, like, forced down my throat in school. Oh, they still do that? Yeah. So like it actually like tuned me out of reading books. What was what was school like with? Because as a twenty year old, did you get a smartphone in class, or were there like no smartphones in class, or you have to like put it in your locker? Like, mm. wh- 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 what's the deal with that? I had a I always get shit for it because when you think of like a black guy, you think of like the like a stereotypical like schooling, usually shitty, which is bad. Like when you think of a black person, a lot of people have like negative connotations. For oh like yeah, their can't upbringing. stand them. Yeah. But um, I had a really good upbringing. Very good. <laughs> so, like, I had, like, iPads I'd take home from school and stuff like that. That You'd get loaned out iPads and, like, MacBooks and oh, things like yeah. that. So, at that point, when the school is loaning out iPads, they can't really do much when you have your iPhone next to it. Because people will be like, oh, no, I'm actually using my iPhone to connect to my iPad. And you have an older teachers who are like, oh, that makes sense. But they're actually, or they're, but they're actually like playing games and like their iPads are not even using their iPad or whatever. So it's, it was a weird experience in school, but I was like the only, I was the only like black kid at my school too, which was weird too. Oh, interesting. Where'd you go to school? In Seattle? I, uh, it was East Seattle. It's called Mercer Island. And it's like one of the only islands I know of that has bridges. Like, uh, most islands in Seattle, you have to take a ferry to. So, like, in the 80s or something, they finally built bridges. So, you were the voice of black culture at your school? It was weird. So, you could pretend to take some wild stance and be like, on behalf of all black people, this is just how it is. And you guys better step in line, otherwise you're racist. Like, uh, (laughs) yes. They had a, they hired a, like, I don't even, because my um, social studies teacher and was it social studies or something? There's so many different words for social studies now for classes. Oh, there is? Cool. Yeah. But um, my teacher, he had like tenure, so he can say whatever he wanted and teach whatever he wanted. So like, and there was a lot of, there was a huge Jewish population in our school. Or not even school, on the island. So like I learned really deep details about like the Holocaust that average public schools. And it was a public school too that public schools wouldn't understand or even teach really. But one lesson that he taught was how our vice principal was a token <laughs> token teacher and they they had it was all too much of a white staff so they hired the vice principal to make it look like we were diverse. Oh, it yeah, was, they love doing that. They yeah. love like having the the appearance of diversity and like okay, yeah, we're going to put you th- like just the fact that everyone knows what the word token means. Yes. It's not even what do you mean by token? Yeah. Yes, exactly. I ended up meeting the vice principal and then senior year, he ended up writing my letter of recommendation. Hell yeah! It was it was a crazy. <laughs> to where? Where are you going to school right now? I was going to go to school, but I got into my favorite radio um, station in Seattle. What's that? Was, it was called KVAX. It's K-Rec. called ninety two point five. Ninety two point five. And um, yeah, I was part of their station while I was still in high school. And That's then cool. I started the podcast because I realized like the ins and out of radio and. There's not really that much money in radio, and you're kind of like a commercial clown. Yeah. But podcasting, it's dope. So back to the podcast, like podcasts I listen to and everything like that. So I, I'm the type of person, 
like I said, it was always looking to evolve. And I always look at people for, as like competition, even if they don't even know who the fuck I am. <laughs> That's <laughs> right? the best way. Yeah. Yes. Why should your enemies know who you are? <laughs> exactly. So like when it comes to local podcasts, sometimes I'll think they're, po- they're competition. So I'll reach out to them. But then I started realizing even there's a music scene that's doing like a circle jerk, but there's also a podcast scene that's doing a circle jerk. And there's not many podcasts and no one in Seattle really. There are a few. I looked up top podcasts in Seattle. I'd never heard of them, but they were winning like awards and shit. So I was like, what the fuck? Like awards in Seattle or awards on the national national level? level. And I was like, who the hell are these people? But I was like, maybe it's. I just I didn't understand how I didn't know who they were, but basically with these with these local podcasts that I did know, I realized that they didn't know how to really podcast, and I didn't really know how to like podcast. So we were it wasn't like we were learning off each other. We we just knew how to like record and everything like that, but we didn't we didn't know how to get outside of Seattle. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what podcast do I genuinely like like? And I feel like I can connect to even if they don't know me. Here you are. Yay. I made the cut. You're one of like, you're my podcast collab that I was like, I need, if there's someone I really want to start when it comes to like outside of Seattle, who do I want to reach out to? And I, I decided you. And then somehow you reached back out and I was like, oh, fuck. It's so weird the way you came into my inbox because I forget <laughs> if we talked. No, we talked about it off the episode. This wasn't on the episode, but I was going through Adele, the funky homophapian, homosapien <laughs> phase. And uh, I was like, what is, what is he up to now? I don't know if he's released anything. You know, I'm Googling uh, his most recent interviews, trying to find that. And then yours mm-hmm. pops up. Wow. And then I'm like, oh, this is a good interview. And like, who's this guy? And I'm looking I'm like, this guy doesn't have that many su- subscribers at all. Like, how did, <laughs> how did he get Dell on the, this is amazing. And then like, whatever, I'm like listening to it. And then like that same day or maybe early the next day, you reach out and then wow. the name sounds familiar. I'm like, wait a minute, is that the same? And then I looked it up like, holy shit, the algorithm is is wow. conspiring to to put this together because that that is a wild... Of all the people that heard that episode, I was one of them. And then you you knew about me the next day. I thought that was wild. That is insane. Even though I like, I compare myself to like older people for some reason. So what's late to me is you guys would be like, well, it's because you're young. Mm-hmm. But I recently just watched, it was probably like two or three months ago, I watched The Matrix, like all of them for the first time. And I've, I've always heard about it. But is that, do you think that was like a corn, like a miles? Not, is it a it was made before you were born. That's crazy. Is is do people think about breaking the system because of the matrix or is people already thinking about this and then the matrix was made? Like how big of an impact like socially and like society wise was the matrix? It brought it, it brought it up a notch, but I know personally people that were, um, you know, talking about that kind of thing. Like it's all a simulation, like it's about breaking free of the program and stuff. And then mm. the matrix came out a few years later and they're like, Oh yeah, it's like the matrix. And then they're, they're saying, what? It's like, what? I was like, it's a movie that just came out. Like uh, they made a movie about the the thing I'm describing that, that put me in a mental hospital. That's nuts. But it, it did introduce, uh, you know, vocabulary to describe it better. But it what matrix, the matrix wasn't like, um, Fuck, what was that? It wasn't like Orson Welles when like they did that. Was it Orson Welles who released oh, that radio thing? Oh, with War of the Worlds yeah. or something. Yeah, where they do the radio show where uh, people like thought it themselves. was. Yeah. yeah, they thought it was an actual alien invasion, but he's just reading fiction yeah. as to promote his book or something. I, I, it wasn't like that, but it was 
it was a big hit, I remember, okay. and in the 90s. Isn't it fun talking about the past? You'll get to do that, too. Like, maybe you can still do it about age 10, but I'm 36. So when Matrix came out, what, 1999, I was just a teenager, and it was new to be able to just go to the movies, like, to yeah. drive yourself, because, you know, you have a learner's permit or something. And we saw it three times in the theaters. Holy shit. And then when the sequels came out, it was like, oh, my God. And then we were really let down by the sequels. Yeah. And, uh, They're coming out with a new one, too. Yeah, fourth one, Matrix Annihilation or something. Oh, shit, sounds like yeah. it. And it was the Wachowski brothers at the time, and they both transitioned. I think one transitioned, oh, and I then heard the other one this. did, too. And at the time, it was like, what? And now trans people are like complete, or they're not normalized yet. Trans people still have a, do they use that a like, way to go in society. Is like, that their heroes? Like, or do people even really count? The Wachowskis? I don't know. That's that's a good question. I don't think so. I don't hear them brought up that much. And I don't really know. Uh, I, uh, of course, trans people aren't a monolith either. So it's not like, <laughs> well, these are the people like that we admire. It's probably different for everyone. And Caitlyn Jenner maybe is like a opposite. bigger one. Yeah. No, most people hate Caitlyn. Don't oh. they? Didn't they didn't Caitlyn run over a, a person and they oh, covered it up or that. something? Hope this doesn't get deleted because of that. <laughs> I think Caitlyn Jenner is a fair target, though. That's very much punching up. These are billionaires. Yeah. These are people so famous that they're ref they're referenced more times a day than you could ever hope to. True. Like if if it's like a YouTube search kind of like it's just millions of clicks. Yeah. People are just talking about. That's crazy to think about. I don't even know if millionaires or billionaires or celebrities even think about that. Like no. how many people are just talking about them. They probably do, and they recognize that there's no bad press and that any reference of them is good for the algorithm wow. to keep them relevant and keep their, their stock price up. Wow. And that's the thing, back to the Conan thing even. I stopped listening to the, Con the Conan... What is it called? I think it's Conan and Friends. Because he had two... Like he, I understand <clears throat> he's a big guy. Not big like fat, but like big as like... He's huge. Like one of the hugest... Late night? I think it's late night. Mm-hmm. Per people personalities ever so the caliber of guests he's ha he has on are like millionaires and maybe even billionaires he's had fucking michelle obama on yeah and the people he has on i just he tries to like personalize them but i just can't connect them whatsoever it's too they're too big they're too clean yeah too yeah because michelle obama is not going to like belch or make an inappropriate joke yeah. on Mike. Like it's, you know what she's going to talk about and it's going to be, yeah. I, I listened to the first Michelle Obama podcast and it was perfect. Like, cause oh, Obama is the other guest and wow. just their, their interaction is just so sweet and everything is, ju it's just right. It's mm. too perfect. You want, you want something more. You want it to be raw. You want him to get mad at her for a second or you want yeah. her to get mad at him or something. Maybe not those examples, but you know what I mean? No, I think that's what people want. I think people, cause when you think of the Obamas, you think of them like in one, one way. Mm -hmm. But I think people, that's why if someone says, oh, 14 years ago, I heard Obama say fuck. People <laughs> are like, oh shit, we need that going on CNN right now. <laughs> he smoked weed in high school or college. Like that's what people, they dig at that shit because there's nothing. Yeah. I think Obama even admitted to, because what's weird is that Clinton got in trouble for admitting he... Bill Clinton, not Hillary. I, mm. I forget what Hillary's weed thing is, but Bill was Pizza in trouble gate. for... Oh, yeah, both <laughs> of them. P Bill was in trouble for smoking, but he always said that I, I never inhaled, though. I smoked, <laughs> but I never inhaled. And then later when they asked Obama the same thing, he's like, yeah, that's kind of the point. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, um, uh, that's the point, you uh, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah, so 
another reason just besides like listening to your your podcast and things i i wanted to compare it to the sync kind of mm-hmm. like how they were saying we'll cut i don't know if, we're, if we, i guess we can somehow include this part I'll I mean, work I, don't, I don't know what's the problem. You're afraid. Did you talk shit at all? Because I don't feel like you talked shit. I don't know shit. if I have. I Maybe I haven't. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like it would just be nice to these guys. Because yeah. they're cool. They let me use the space. Fuck the sink. <laughs> That's the worst channel. Watch H3 podcast instead. Go watch. They got um, the passing 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, the platinum wow. plaque. <laughs> That's crazy. Two platinum things. But there's a lot of just... I won't even use the sink as an example. I'll use just TikTokers. A lot of TikTokers... I feel like a lot of them don't genuinely like what they're doing. They just know that it's breaking a system. But I feel like you, Duncan, Shane, you guys do things that you genuinely like to do. And you're not really caring about if you gain a lot of fans or got a lot of money. You're doing it out of like true creativity. And even though I'm on a total different genre than you guys, I feel like I can connect to you guys more than other podcasts who are pushing a product versus pushing their creativity that's good maybe they just haven't i mean i can't speak to that mentality i just mm. uh or i of course not my own mentality i meant the <laughs> the tiktoker mentality of when you say they're trying to break the system yeah what do you mean break the system like just like i'll explain how tiktok works you can have like a million follow not a million once the once you have a million followers then people are viewing it. But you can have, like, let's say 20,000 followers. On Instagram, that's a lot. You're going to get a lot of likes. But you can have 20,000 followers on TikTok and post a video and get zero views. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Yeah. So it's always, everything is about breaking the system and making it so people are like, holy fuck, what are they doing? They're putting their hand in a blender, or like they're throwing a cat off a roof or whatever oh, it is. Oh, they're trying to pop. They're trying to hit yeah. that surface tension level of, of making a making an impact on that day, and then the next day it's over. Yeah. yeah. That is weird. So that's, I don't think that's, maybe that's creativity, but I, I just feel like there's so much... I'm I'm just I think I'm just jealous in a way that the oh, people Oh, of course are... you are. Yeah, I would have been extremely jealous and I'm I'm putting myself in your frame of mind where these are your these are your peers right now, your contemporaries and to yeah. me like I look at them as the other generation. I'm a millennial. We're already done. Like we wow. had 3 years where it was all about millennials. These millennials with their avocado toast and they can't adult <laughs> correctly and they use Tinder or whatever and then then Zoomers just came by. Like something happened. Like no one talked about Zoomers then all of a sudden yeah. uh, Snapchat, TikTok uh, just just broke it and millennials became kind of like Gen Xers, which is kind of fun. Yeah. So when I look at TikTokers doing well, like I don't even have any jealousy. It's like, oh, good for you. You're yeah. the next you're the next thing that my generation is supposed to be. These these kids and their hip hop. That's not music. <laughs> you're supposed to play the trumpet like Dizzy Gillespie and go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was seen as as they used to call that savage music. Or like, Satan music, yeah. Yeah, well, bebop, like specifically yeah. jazz, stuff like that. This is like wild men, like with their wow. afros and stuff. Like real music is orchestra and sheet music and you don't improvise. And then right. uh, and then Miles Davis, uh, not that he did everything, but he kind of saw the value in both. Miles grew up kind of wealthy, even mm. though black in the, what, 40s? 50, no, I think 50s, 60s. And... His father was a dentist, so he could mm. afford to go to Juilliard. Yes. And then the Juilliard people are like, jazz is shit, jazz is stupid. And then he would go to Birdland and stuff and hear Charlie Parker and Dizzy and stuff. And 
then the jazz people would think that classical ain't shit. And mm-hmm. then he was like, no, they're, they're both important. See, there's, I know artists who have gone to like college for music, but then there's someone who breaks TikTok within a week. Uh-huh. And those guys are artists. But the people who are, who are going into debt, going to college for music. Oh, yeah. They don't get that shine. It's just... But I'm the in shine a, is not longevity, though. Neil Gaiman true. had a good uh, like piece about how there's all these books that broke the bestseller list and sold a billion copies or whatever, and then people don't remember them today, even if they just came out wow. seven years ago. And then there's books that didn't sell much 100 years ago and are seen as classics today, even mm. if the author died poor. So you really can't... Uh, you can't judge how important an art is until wow. it lasts the test of time. And that's what I'm hoping. Like, even though everything gets erased eventually, like I'm hoping that what I make is evergreen and not like just the topical, like hit thing of the right now and get a million views. And then next week, no one gives a shit about your thing. Mm. Yeah. How did you get into podcasting? Is it more recent or has it been like once podcasting started? Like how? I mean, I was I was into listening to it in 2009 with Mark Maron, Adam Carolla, Kevin Smith, uh, Joe Rogan. These were like the the main people and Mm. there wasn't a Apple podcast app or anything. You have to just get RSS feeds and it was kind of weird to find it. And then from there you get tired of those people and you you branch out into more microcosms. Like Duncan is like a a Joe Rogan offshoot and it's like, oh, fuck, mm. or not fuck Joe Rogan, but like <laughs> Joe, Joe Rogan is all right. But like, have you heard this Duncan Trussell family hour? It's like Duncan every time. It's not like yeah. you have to wait for a good guest and wait for this boring fighter or this guy that says you have to eat all meat. And then there's this guy that says you have to eat all plants. And then there's this guy that says you have to drink water 10 times a day. And like, okay, mm. yeah, they're all selling books. I, mm. I had enough. And then Duncan was this breath, breath of fresh air. And then from there, it just went haywire. That multiplied into another thing, another thing. And eventually, you take the the dive in. I think I started in 2017. Okay. But I had been doing the, the stand-up comedy thing since 2007. Mm. And podcasting kind of was, I don't know, it paired with it very well. Like a lot of my A lot of peers, comedians say that, I feel like. Yeah, they, they were starting it. And then there's, there's a resistance because you're like, well, everyone has a podcast. And then eventually you realize that if everyone does have a thing, then you not having one doesn't make you special either. It's like having a social media profile. Everyone has a social media profile. No shit. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) what are you doing with it? It's not about having like, I have the most unique medium. The medium is nothing. It's the message. That's crazy. Cause you do so many creative things. You got your comics, comedian, got a podcast. It's just, that's what I I want. I like to be around people like that. They're just bursting with creativity. Are you not right now? What is your like? What does your ecosystem look like? I hang out with a lot of artists that are creative, but at the same time, art artists are different than podcasters. Like, there's no podcasters. Like, like anything I've done is basically just trial and error. Mm. Right. So I don't know anyone who's successful in any way. Like, there's no podcast. Like, in it turns out, even if there's like a pod. Here's an example. So, and everything I say is two to three months ago. Like, I, it might have even been sooner than that. But, like, two to three months ago, I interviewed someone who I thought was, like, a gatekeeper for podcasting in Seattle. And then when I interviewed them about the music scene and radio and podcasting, I knew more things than they did. And I'm still trying <laughs> to figure out shit. <clears throat> so, there's, like, 
<clears throat> oh my gosh. I went surfing today and I have like sand and salt all in my throat, plus the smog. I'm not used to the smog. Oh, yeah. So it gets like used me. to. You don't have the, the refreshing rain <laughs> to cleanse the air. Right. We exactly. get rain once a week, or not once a week, sorry, once a year. Gosh. So that's the thing. Like, I expanding outside of Seattle was really important. And that's why I decided to do this podcast tour. I don't think, I don't know anyone who's really done a podcast tour. When they do like podcast tours, it's more like something that's live stream or mm -hmm. something like that. But I'm just trying to make my, I figured out what everyone else is doing. So now I'm trying to figure out how can I expand and do my own thing that's different. So first, I'm going to do a podcast tour to LA, find studios and record out of studios and have cool guests from that specific region or area or whatever thing like that. So You're doing it. There yeah, and only I know you don't feel like you're really young, but 20 is super young. And like who knows, you could yeah. the the rate at which things can happen quickly as you've described with TikTokers and stuff. And I think about it with music and mm. so I moved to LA in 2014 and I think about like Lil Nas X or someone like that who's what 21, 22. Right. So when I moved here and I had all my little goals and things, like he was just this tall. And in that time, like he's wow. figured out whatever thing musically and production wise and marketing wise, and then become number one. And you can you can just do that if you want. And it's not all about being number one, but right. if that's what you want, you could totally do it. I don't think you want to be number one though. I think you want to occupy your yeah. You want to be a you at scale to where you're a legit thing and not yeah. wondering how to pay bills or whatever. Yes, that is very true. I feel like when there's, when the, I just want to be around creative people. Like I've already surpassed what I've wanted to do when I was like a little kid. I, the thing when I do want to do when, when I was a little kid was to be in radio. I experienced what radio was like. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool to be friends with artists? And I, I remember even saying in my head, I was thinking about this on the drive over here being at a cool studio like this i was like i remember saying there was a but to the be friends with cool artists but i don't care about making money Ooh. so i'm like if if <clears throat> if i think about what i wanted when i was a kid i've already completed everything i've wanted to do you want some money though right of course you, you don't want a I've, you don't want a hundred dollar bill that arrives to ruin your life like that's right. what the someone had a good quote it was like you're Money doesn't solve all your problems, but it does solve all your money problems. Right. And I feel like a lot of people have nothing but money problems or that's the main boot on their neck. And yeah. once that, I, I know with me, like it was a big <laughs> game changer. Like I was much more upset and jealous when wow. I didn't make money. And now I make money not working for anyone. I can nap all day. I can nap all month. Yes. All good. So I'm a happy boy. If I see someone make a billion dollars on Bitcoin or NFT. I'm like, good for you. Wow. Way more than I've got, but I wouldn't have been able to use all that anyway. See, that's what I want. I just want to be able to like uplift artists of any type and be able to like live happily. Yeah. And think extremely long game, like whatever yes. you want, be okay with like hammering away at it for 20 years or yeah. whatever thing it is. Um, it, it all changes so fast, as we've seen in 2019 to 2020 to yeah. 2021. Wow. Yeah. What do you think? Do you have a Patreon? And if yeah. you do, break down, like, for just podcasters in general, like how Patreon is helpful for podcasting. Because from my perspective, I don't have a Patreon yet, but I've seen that you could have, like, 100 subscribers, and if they're all paying $10 a month, that's, like, $1,000. Yeah, exactly. And it's the... It's the depth versus width thing that you were saying on TikTok where you can have a million subscribers, but no mm. one watched that video. 
and then you can have a hundred true Spartan 300 fans that are yeah. like there for anything you do. They're a hundred percent there. Amanda Palmer talked about it. Like the, I think a hundred or no, a thousand true fans is all you need. And this was in 2012 or something where wow. she talked about that's all you need. A thousand really true fans that are into what you do, which doesn't mean they're only fans of you. They might be fans of other things. Other people might be fans of them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting how idols have been ripped apart in the last 20 years. There's yeah, there's not like Elvis and the Beatles. It's There's a million different Elvises, a million different Beatleses. Mm-hmm. And like how many people knew about Elvis when he was when he was it like the population was smaller the the wow. means of distribution was smaller so there's youtubers now that have a bigger following than elvis not proportionally to the population but in terms of that's true. like heads and people listening to it it's wow. pretty wild and i've realized there's different things there's like youtube famous there's tiktok famous mm-hmm. there's so many different famouses or successfulnesses they're all little <laughs> games uh yeah. there's this blog <laughs> i read recently called not boring i forget the author but you can just look up not boring and it talks about the great online game. And we're all playing the great online game right now. Some mm. of us are playing Fortnite, Call of Duty, Smash Brothers. Some of us are one level deeper playing Instagram. You're playing TikTok. And yeah. you don't even have to be you. You can make a fake name, fake avatar. You can make a hundred of them, make different viewpoints. You could have a, yeah. a right-wing political <laughs> pundit person. You could puppet another one. You could puppet a centrist one. If you care to, I don't care to to do that, but but it is important to. It sounds like a psychopath, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I th- I think like a psychopath could think, but it just doesn't sound fun to me. I'm like a sociopath could do this, but I'm not gonna do that because that seems. That's the thing they think that's fun. Though. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's they crazy. have like the smaller amygdala or something. So when when other humans are suffering, they like don't feel yeah. it or they're happy. Whereas I'm like, I don't even want to ask yeah. like a restaurant to give me my food correctly if they got it wrong. I'm like, that's, that's okay. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. want to bother you. What you don't get people? paid that much. I'll wow. tip you 30% anyway. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, I've never genuinely told someone to take my food back, but I feel like if someone messed it up and I truly thought it was messed up, I would say, take it back. But there's some people, even if it's genuinely messed up, they'd be just as happy. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if there's hairs in it and flies and whatever, sure. But if it's like, let's say you ordered no mayo and then it comes with mayo, I'm not going to be like, excuse me. I said, no, I'm just not going to have the interaction. I'm going to be like, whatever, it's food. True. So how, like how many years did it take for you being like a creative till you realized you could, even if it was only like 1500 bucks a month off whatever you're doing, how old were you and like how long did it take for you to start making some enough money where you didn't have to have like a nine to five job? The first time I didn't need a job was in 2010. And I had, I'd figured it out financially with, um, stand-up comedy and website building. Oh, so before I used to be, yeah, a website (laughs) designer and I had a day job and then I left that and then I could support myself just with stand-up gigs, just with taking the web stuff. Then moved to L.A. and uh, started to just taper off the web stuff. I got sick of it, and I started mm-hmm. doing more illustration stuff. That led to posters and helping collab or commission with other people. The podcast started eventually. That was a source of income. It so te- technically last time I had a job was 2010, but in terms of figuring it out, wow. it's been like dips where it's like I figured out from 2011 to 12 to 
13. Uh-oh. I'm like, I'm hovering pretty low, 2014 to 15. Wow. Okay, I figured it out, 2016. And then, uh-oh, big financial crash, 2018, because mm. uh, I'd like gotten credit card debt and I hadn't paid it off in time. Uh-oh. And, you know, debt can accrue uh, compound-wise to where you're like not keeping up with the minimum payments and, you know, your car is getting repossessed. That was my lowest when I like had my car repossessed and like credit card debt and stuff. But Damn. that was... 2017 18 and then since then i figured it out i think that was a big enough scare to where i was like i have to really get my finance shit on point and from from there i've just kind of um i've learned to play with it better who knows i might dip again you never know (laughs) because look at what happened with covid so many people that were financial luckily i wasn't dependent on touring i was all digital but some people were dependent on touring that's dope though and then they had to like lost all their they lost all their income Wow. But uh, no, since so 2010 is the first time and then 2018 was the second time I really figured Mm. it out. Did you did you have a savings in 2010 or was it like you just found a job that officially made it? So like paycheck to paycheck. I had a little bit of savings, but honestly, I wasn't that good at saving. Okay, I would I would spend it and I didn't monitor it right. and I didn't invest in Bitcoin. Oh man, I had a I had a Bitcoin like I had seventy five bucks versus worth of Bitcoin in two thousand eleven, and I can't find the wallet, and I think that laptop is gone. But oh man, that would be worth so much, but it's gone now. I can't think about it anymore because uh, it was just on that computer. And you gave it away or something? You just well, the computer broke, or the um, the motherboard was fried, but I don't know if the hard drive was. But at the time, I didn't really think much of it. I'm like, whatever, it's just seventy five bucks or something. Like it's mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to take it to the store and figure out how to extract it. Like I can just make that amount of money in the same time it would take to do that. But you you can spend all day thinking of, oh, if I just invested in Netflix or if I just invested <laughs> in Apple, like you can do that forever. There, wow. The opportunities are in front of you right now. It's all about right now, right now. What should you, mm-hmm. what should you do? <clears throat> but I'm, I don't care about finances that much. I just want to do what I want to do and not yeah. have bills come tap me on the shoulder yeah. and, annoy me that's really the the motivation for money hell yeah so with your with your art when it comes to like comics and stuff is that all digital or do you draw with pen or like how i draw that? it by pencil then i pen over the pencil part then i scan it oh shit. then i do the coloring and texturing and photoshop and occasionally i'll do all digital stuff or all analog stuff but for the most part it's a combination of that like the the general look that you see like you know how sometimes you'll stumble across one and be like that's kind of different from the rest but mm-hmm. most of them have the same aesthetic those are all uh half digital half half analog and did you have it seems like the midnight gospel had like a lot of like similarities when it comes to like illustration as your did you have any like help did you help midnight gospel at all people ask just- that i take a co- <laughs> i take that as a big compliment but no i didn't um the first I knew about it was I had taped an episode at Duncan's place back when he lived in Silver Lake. And he was like, man, I'm working on a new show. Would it be all right if I use some of this audio for it? Because it's about an apocalypse and a multiverse. And it's like using the podcast, but um, it's still in the early phases. And wow. I said like, oh, yeah, sure. And I thought nothing of it. And then later <laughs> the, the show came out. Mine didn't make the cut. I'm not in the, the show or anything. But uh, Maybe I knew. Two. Oh, Maybe. I know that he was working on something a while ago, and then when it came out, it was like, "Holy shit! This is the yeah. this is 
like the best show out right now and it was the perfect time show mm -hmm. but the animator on it the main guy is pendleton ward and he did adventure time okay and some other stuff which has a a pretty we're in the same family i think of aesthetic mm -hmm. like the the kind of thick line bright colors somewhat minimalist like kind of childlike looking cartoons but it's that was dope. him but as for like where it became more purple who knows that's like maybe more duncan wow but basically yeah i'll take credit for the whole thing duncan saw my art and <laughs> said let's make it like this and then he made it like that <laughs> so how did you end up meeting duncan first time i met him was 2011 at the fun 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 fest in in um Austin, Texas, or it might have been Moon Tower. There's these two comedy festivals that were pretty close together. Fun Fun is a music and comedy and everything festival, but it was one of those two, and he... The first... I think the first time I just told him that I was a fan and that I uh, that I listened to all his episodes and stuff, and that wasn't that much of an interaction, but the second time he saw my set and he liked it. Oh, and so it was like a comedian... Uh festival or yeah oh. so he saw my stand-up set and he liked it and he was doing another set that week and asked me to come open for him so I got mm -hmm. to open for him that night and then from there we like when I came to visit LA like sometimes I'd reach out to him and see if he was doing a show and then I'd talk to him afterwards and then we did a episode of another friend a mutual friends podcast so like kind of like these little wow. like interactions over the years and then he did my show or I did his, one of those two. And ever since then, um, yeah, it's weird thinking about that. Someone that who's wow. your, your hero, like someone you, you tune into and they're like this larger than life figure and then you have interactions with them and then the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I'm part of their, their little universe or their big universe. That's yeah. pretty cool. That is crazy. He has like, it's like the Duncan Trussell effect. Like sometimes I'll check out some of his guests, like what they do and you're an offshoot of yeah, Duncan. I'm a, I'm a, I've like, he has many children. He has, yeah. I'm one of his children, like Michael Phillip of Third Eye Drops, Colin Frangicetto, uh of Cosmic Nod, um, maybe Future Fossils a little bit. Future Fossils is its own thing, but the, the people that are like talking about, you know, how mm -hmm. existence is and the whole Ram Dass, McKenna, Alan Watts, yeah. meditation, psychedelics, uh, yeah, I think sort the, of thing. You've done, two with him in the past year i think with duncan yeah i've i've been on his show twice he's been on mine two or three times so i think the first one at the beginning of the pan it was like in the beginning of the pandemic or something and you got you were talking about something psychedelic like you're like in a temple or something or you're talking about a temple it was it was a really weird i forget the exact i have to re-listen to it but it was a crazy episode and the stuff you were talking about i was like holy shit i need to check this guy out but the was, temple hmm we were talking about a temple. I think you were talking about a temple or some like ritual that you went to, or you were talking about a ritual that happened. I forget what happened. It was a really weird episode, but um, I don't even know where. It was. Do you remember what you were talking about? The never. Like, no, I don't remember what I talked about yesterday. It was really weird, but it was enough for me to be like, I need to check this guy out. Oh, good. So tell me how you met Shane Moss. That's a cool connection, too. Like, I love seeing yeah. how you guys all switch between each other's podcasts and things like yeah, that. Yeah, we've got our little ecosystem. I'm I'm guilty of it, too. I really resonate with what you were saying with the like getting stuck in your your little your niche and not evolving like the way a shark mm. does. And you're just a shark forever. And uh, 
I guess I'm rereading that Sapiens book. You ever read Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari? It was a big book in, I think, 2016. And it's about, you know, what we are, Homo sapiens, and why we're like the top dog, and how did we get here, and mm-hmm. how long have we been here? And we, we know that we've evolved a lot, but it puts it in a really clear perspective where other animals that are top predators work their way up there through millions of years. Uh, and so they're comfortable there. Like a hawk is like confident. It's like, I'm true. a hawk. I can kill anything. I'm top shark. Very confident. It's got that big grin, those evil eyes. Wow. And then we're so humans, we're at the top of the food chain by far, but we just got here like a hundred thousand years ago. It's weird that we're on the top of the food chain when it comes to like intelligence, but we would get mauled by even like a, What's a small animal that could still fuck us up? Uh, a honey badger. A honey badger. A raccoon could, a small female raccoon could fuck you up. Like the, like the animals that Duncan sends after people who don't subscribe <laughs> to his Patreon. <laughs> crows, man! <laughs> he sends crows! Yeah. We just think about like we're so weak. I, even if you're like a strong bodybuilder, like you can't take on a bear. I didn't realize until this was actually like a month ago, which is embarrassing. But I thought that if there was like a bear in your neighborhood or even like, what was it, a tiger or something in your neighborhood, if you jumped on like a car or climbed a tree, you'd be fine. I didn't realize that bears like are almost faster running up a tree than they are on flat surface. Just black bears, right? Is it just black bears? I forget. It's like... And tigers can sprint up trees and jaguars. Oh, easy. But uh, I think with um, black bears, you're supposed to play dead. And then grizzly bears, you're supposed to climb a tree or vice versa. Basically, Mm -hmm. one of them is good at climbing. The other one is going to leave you alone if it thinks you're dead and not a threat to its babies. That's crazy. Oh, I didn't even answer your question. I like went off on sapiens instead of Shane (laughs) Moss. So I met Shane also as a comedian in maybe 2009. And... Um, we've just been friends since then. Like I, I was his podcast editor in 2013 through 15 or something. And I was just new in LA and I needed money and he needed help making his podcast. I'm like, Oh, I can help with that. I can help with the web stuff. And, um, we, we also like would talk on the phone anyway. We just talk about the universe and, (laughs) and philosophy and what makes us who we are and complain about things and, all that, and I don't know why it took us so long to do a show together. Like one wow. day, it just kind of clicked, and we just were like, "Let's make this a let's make this a show instead Mind of private." Mind over matter. Mm-hmm. You know what's sad though? It's not sad for you guys, but I was when I was doing research on ma- Mind Over Matter. There's actually another podcast. It would have been around for like a, like a year or two, a couple years. Oh, but that's called Over. See, ours is called Under. My, okay, Mind Under Matter. There we go. Yeah, but Mind Over Matter. That makes sense that that would be a name. We were going to call it Look Ma No Meaning at first, but oh, then shit. people would have thought it was an atheist podcast. And <laughs> I don't know. All those brands are like atheism as a like exercise is fun. But, you know, same with libertarianism, atheism, like these little yeah. ecosystems of I'm right, you're wrong. What evidence do you have? It gets kind of boring. You probably understand like religions more than you and Duncan probably understand religions more than like the average person, I'm guessing. Him more than me, probably. I feel like he's more of a scholar of the Bhagavad Gita and the buddhist texts and stuff I, i'm more of a general guy wow. and i get like the the gist of it but then it's the the nitty-gritty i i don't know but I, maybe i will maybe i'll catch up with him i can't even get christianity right i'm still trying to figure out like i was talking, are you christian 
I don't like see that's the thing like are you supposed to be a religion I remember I no, did no you're not even supposed to like be a gender or a sexuality <laughs> now like it's it's the lines are blurring and that's very cool because before it's like you're a man you got to wear a suit and go to the business land like this and then it's like okay you're a man but you can have long hair that's yeah. okay I guess and then <laughs> and like next step next step next step and anyone who thinks that we're gonna put that back in a box like we're going back to oh, just shit. like we're going back to the way it was in the 50s nice try it's never gonna go back to the way it was and that's that's, that's good that's refreshing to hear that's kind of crazy because i always i don't think anything should be in a box but i always felt like this woke stuff would probably die down like a circle but maybe it's just expands it might from, expands probably though it, it might go like two steps forward one step back because i always bring up like the 60s and 70s yeah. and then you it followed by like the reagan 80s the very republican mm. yuppie yeah uh corporate kind of vibe as opposed to the calendar culture flower power psychedelic vibe of the 60s and yeah. early 70s so it might swing back that way we saw it with trump in 2016 like it swung back like make america great again yes. and we are the silent majority never with the culture the culture has kind of moved left and it stays left and mm. hence the you know leviathan leads le leans left and that comes from kids or like are kids more or young people more left or is it just yeah okay. i think so and i think it comes with just you you tolerate those that are different from you with each generation maybe because it's safer because go back hundred thousand years it's like oh crap the different tribe they're coming to take our resources we're yeah. gonna die it's like every day it's a fight for survival so of course you hate wow. your other tribes and all the animal kingdom does that too i'm like a spokesperson for the sapiens book now like keep bringing <laughs> up the things of it but the the like other like chimps do not cooperate across bloodlines like if you're not uh, in the chimp family you're an enemy so we like to think that well the animal kingdom is all nice uh-uh it's vicious if you're not family true. but you and i we're not blood related same right. with like the people we're using the studio we're like from <laughs> way different parts of the world genetically but we all cooperate we're like all wow. cool with each other and that's why we're top of the food chain not because we have big muscles our muscles sucks like a raccoon like we said could kick our ass but <laughs> we cooperate or like hey if you get behind the raccoon and we get two of my buddies over like i think we could take this raccoon <laughs> and then eventually we're like I, I think if i threw a rock at the raccoon or if i think if i built the stick with the rock or i think if yeah. this electric whatever on and on and on and uh yeah the the cooperation aspect is very huge that's what makes us um still alive i guess yeah it's it's crazy like I went to church because I don't really know like who, like how religion works at all, honestly. And I thought that I was Christian, maybe because I went to church when I was young. Mm -hmm. But if you're actually part of religion, don't aren't you supposed to like continue to follow it, really? Or like yeah, that's tough. Do I do I just tell people? Well, I don't even want to tell people I'm Christian because I don't think I maybe I am. But I don't understand like how Jesus works or anything. Like the other day, I was at a podcast, but like I don't even understand like how what happened to Jesus in, the, in that cave or like how any of that worked or some people think Je Jesus is black even like that's more likely than if he was white like if you look at yeah. where he lived at what time like the odds of his skin being white are very minimal but he was really like genuinely like a real person mm -hmm. that's not there's no way there's like a myth like is Jesus in the bible is he in the bible see I don't even know any of this I mean he's in the bible but uh, I mean, New Testament, right? I don't even know <laughs> that well. If he's, I don't think he's in the Old Testament. It's too far uh, before him. But yeah, especially because all these are 
it wasn't even written down for the first 400 years. So it's like word of mouth yeah. on the campfire story. And we've played telephone before. We know how quickly it gets out of hand. So, but also all these stories that are in the Bible, they start to reappear in like X-Men and Lord of the Rings and Star uh. Wars, like these story arcs, the, the, the mythology that is the Bible, like we, we end up repeating it in all our other art. So there's something fundamental about the Christian story, mm. but as far as the details and like you're not supposed to marry your aunt's sister unless she owns three goats or whatever weird rules are in the, yeah. that's not a real rule, but you know, when, <laughs> when people are like, well, it's, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, like, all, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, the sp- the specifics that are heavily aligned to what the 80s Republican Party is. That's probably not what the Bible is about. That's mm-hmm. it's probably a different thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about religion. Like, could there be a thing where, like, there's an apocalypse and then, like, people when humans come back into existence where you know like how people think of like the egyptians and like oh they actually might have known stuff maybe there were aliens because of what they're writing on the walls what if like civilization ends today but then like re evolves or whatever yeah people think it might have already happened will people look at like x-men and stuff and think that's we thought the x-men were real or like how how does that work they're going to they're going to extrapolate from everything like let's say the only thing left is like a wolverine doll and it's missing an arm and it's like oh they worship this one-armed god with three claws and three represents the trinity the the (laughs) spirit the sun the holy ghost uh and so on like do you ever watch ancient aliens sometime with andrew zukakulis is that that one andrew oh what's his name i think it's andrej sukolos georgio sukolos something sukolos a greek guy and ruined his butchered his name i only seen a few episodes but it's so Mm. funny how it'll start with this like bird statue and then they're like we believe this was a ship that landed near the pyramid (laughs) of giza and then they make a 3d animation of the spaceship like wait hold on you (laughs) why why is that a spaceship and not a bird but i get it it's entertainment that is true that's crazy so what is next for you you've been doing this podcast is that gonna that's it's gonna be it's not something that's just gonna be like around for like a limited time the mind under matter thing? Is that just like... I think we're here for a while. I don't know, though. Like, dynasties can die pretty quickly. I'm a fan of history hyenas. I think that was only around for a few years, and they split up amicably, but I think they were getting too wild. (laughs) And, uh, like, Chris DiStefano has a deal with TBS or something, so he's trying to tone it down, because they get so wild, but not in a... not in a cancelable, cancelable way yet. I don't know if it's because they're under the radar or, or something, but they were making like 60 grand a month on Patreon or 100 oh, grand shit. a month or something. They were doing really well, but they just ended abruptly. So who knows? Maybe Mind Under Matter is one day we just Damn. be like, okay, we got to stop this for a while. But for as I'm speaking to you now, we're in it for the long run. We've got big plans gonna do a vegas show in november maybe duncan might be there too or actually i think duncan is going and then we might be there we're not even set on the vegas show how is duncan like in we'll get back to i just want this one this is offshoot question how is duncan like compared to like the comedian like how big like because i genuinely like listen to him like i'm a fan i don't really understand what are his numbers like not numbers just like how does he place like like an influence in the actual like comedian world and everything podcasting world and everything like that. It's like, is he actually like a big force or is it just because like, I genuinely like him that I'm listening to everything. He's a decent force for sure. I don't know where I'd put him like in terms of, is he bigger than 
Is he bigger than Marin? Probably not. We know he's not bigger than Rogan. Is he bigger than... Andrew Schultz? Andrew Schultz? Ooh, maybe, maybe not. Mm. Like, because Andrew Schultz is very... They they tackle pop culture. Like, if LeBron oh. says something, like, they're talking about that, they've got a clip with captions the next day. They're, like, very... Mm. He, he cares about building an empire, and um, he's very good at it. He's a very good yeah. business mind. Like, if you don't think his jokes are that funny, like, you got to at least respect the, the business acumen. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear him talk about how... So he was doing the, the regular stand-up comedy thing, trying to get a Netflix special, a, a Comedy Central, whatever, and no one's biting because he's straight white ma- male. Yeah. And, of course, that's like... Cis that's, white males? Yeah, fuck cis, you guys. Cis white male. And I get it because if you look at the 80s, that's like all they were doing is cis mm-hmm. white males and then token black guy, token lesbian woman, and that's mm-hmm. it. And uh, now they're trying to correct that, and I think it's good. They Even in L.A. shows, it's kind of like an unwritten rule. Like, you don't want to have more than like three straight white dudes on your lineup like you, you gotta mix it up a little bit but uh what was what was i talking about with the example of the oh andrew schultz's business thing the youtube thing yeah right? he figured out that no one is going to click on a two-hour special but they're gonna sit and watch five-minute clips for four hours mm. so like you you, you don't want to sit down for a long time but you will give your time away if it's a decision because it's like do you want to watch this next clip which right. next clip do you want to watch you'll you you feel like you're driving. So is it because he's... But he's also kind of old. He's not old. Like, what is old anymore? But he's in his 30s. Yeah. Is he just old, young? He's not old. He's just, you know... That's prime, I think. 30s to 40s is prime. Is he young enough that he just understood, like, the younger culture and what they would click on? Or they, he just saw, like, trends in society? Or is it more that he's tapping into, like, what younger people like? I don't even think it's about younger. I think it's he figured out the new platform. So Dane Cook did this in in 2003 where he was the only guy using MySpace, whereas other comedians were like, what's this internet shit? This is stupid. I don't want a MySpace. Mm-hmm. And then he put all his energy into making a nice MySpace page, put his content there, whereas other comedians were like, I'm not burning my content. I'm, if they hear the joke, they won't. Right. Want to come see me? And he saw it the other way. Like, no, the more they see of me, the more relevant I am. Rob Delaney was kind of that with Twitter. Uh, and then Schultz did the Dane Cook thing with YouTube because he's like, no, comedians aren't putting their sets up. They're not putting mm. captions up. People want to watch sets with captions. This yeah. is a, a huge thing. And now it's pretty common, but he, he cracked it before everyone else. Wow. It's just cool. It's like he's a... He's someone who generally understands like the come up for people though, so he's not afraid to like put people on, which not like put people on like give them a platform, but he's not afraid to shout out people, whether it's his production crew or just shouting out who is this. There's this skit show that I just found out because he like shouted it out. A kids show. No skit show. Oh it's, skit. Oh, what is it called? He was some guy. He was like some comedian like on SNL, and he like left and then started his own. Um, fuck, I forget the name of it. But anyways, see, I'm not good at like recent. Yeah. Was SNL ever relevant to your generation? I don't think so. I don't think a lot of people even understand SNL. I, how did I get back? I, I've, I think it's important for everything. I like like pop culture stuff, so I, I, I understand like what everything's going on, even older stuff. Like I think, I'm just I like to do research on things. You mentioned that you like the the '60s and '70s era of oh, music. That's my favorite era. Isn't that crazy? Like that. We're, we're not confined to our 
our time now like yeah. it's so easy to just be like actually i'm more of a 40s guy like it's, i love cab calloway that just hits me for some reason and then some people are, are 80s kids and some some people are old and they love billy eilish and yeah. it's it's just whatever it's all just there that is very true and i'm not even like an old soul i just like doing the research but yeah he's andrew schultz is i think he's a he's very inspirational in my opinion even though i don't know, i don't know him personally and he's so fair i think yeah. he's very fair he he occupies this this space that isn't the you know i'm not afraid to say it i'll keep using whatever words i want because i'm a oh, i'm a truth teller kind of guy and their poster has like a duct tape on their mouth like yeah. that's kind of uh that's boring that's kind of hack and then it's also hack to be too sensitive too woke and stuff and he's just not afraid to it's so like funny. if crystalia is canceled he's like he's calling him that same day like boy what's what's, yeah. what's going on it's fucking nuts <laughs> and he'll uh, he'll probably have crystalia on he's had alex jones on yeah. they, they're not afraid to touch controversial figures and that that sort of thing Hell like yeah. I, I put him him tim dylan Giannis Pappas, chris de stefano they're like part of this new uh class of like i don't give like they, they're like uncancelable but they don't give a fuck at the same time they're they're kind of like the the comedy seller table i think we got like five more minutes right uh, yeah cool we're about done and then yeah Cool. See, it's like what was this? This podcast was just about Andrew Schultz. <laughs> oh God, that's so crazy! Like, yeah, there's just so many things we could talk about because you're a podcast. Podcasting, like, once you're in, talk to other podcasters, like, your mind's like always racing. You can just talk about whatever topics they feel like. Yeah, and some people are not not that good at it. Like, they're they're good artists or something, and then you get yeah. them in the podcast realm, and they're just like, "Well, I first started when I was in oh elementary school." It's crazy. Like we, like we'll do. We'll do. You, hopefully, we're going to do your side. Like, but we have. Yeah, so if we've much got time and and space. It's just. It's just. We've got producers standing behind us with guns to our heads. Now we yeah. got to wrap it up. The NAS podcast has producers now, guys. Mm -hmm. There we go. Well, Ramin Nazir, I'm so. Is it Ramin Nazir? A Nazir, but Nazir. Nazir is fine too. I feel like you need like a oomph to your name for some reason. I was like Nazir. Mm. I don't know. But I like Nazir. It's like laser, Nazir. but oh, that is true. I mean, if if we're in Iran, it would probably be pronounced Nazir. That's the actual one, but that's that's like a lot to put people through. I think mine's actually Balake. Oh, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's let's end real quick. Um, what is some advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers? Think long term. Uh, don't get discouraged if it's not happening as quick as you want it to. You wouldn't want it to happen too fast. I think when you look at the people you really, really love, you'll see in their story that they had some hardship and... 10 years you, of actual yeah, grind. <laughs> yeah, so you want to actually develop that um, that grit or whatever it is. It builds character. It's good. But if you get really successful overnight, then that's great. Try not to blow all your money. <laughs> Try to put it in some safe spots so that you don't die. But other than that, just just do stuff. Just do stuff. Hell yeah. And what's the easiest way for people to reach you? Go to RameenNazer.com or um, RainbowBrainSkull.com is where I put all my everythings and check it out and listen to the podcast. And maybe there'll be one with Blake on it, depending mm -hmm. on how this recording situation goes. But if not immediately, there will be in the future. So Hell check yeah. that out. And yeah. This is the NAS podcast with Ramin Nazer. Coming at you live from Seattle 94.7 KFM. The there box. we go. <laughs>